Broadcasting live from the Wellness Wonderland, you're listening to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm Katie, and each week I chat with the most inspirational people on the planet on how to stay inspired in all areas of life. As you listen, feel free to tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, or use the hashtag Wellness Wonderland. I'd love to hear your aha moments. So grab your headphones and listen on the go, or cuddle up with a notebook as we dive in deep with authentic conversations right here in Wonderland. Well, hello guys. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited to get into today's episode with Jesse Arteague of Style and Pepper, who is amazing. So I'm going to keep this intro super short, but oh man, you guys, next week, the next time you're hearing the podcast, my book will be out. I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. I've been talking about and thinking about and writing about this day, April 5th, 2016, for so many years. I found out that I was getting this book deal in 2014 at the very beginning. And for two years, I've been working on the book, editing the book, launching the book, and it's about to be in your hands. So if you want to check it out, my book is called Let It Out, A Journey Through Journaling. It's 55 journal exercises. I've been saying it's like a scavenger hunt for your mind. It's really cool. It's a great way to start journaling or just try something new. Or if you've been journaling, it's really fun to do the prompts. There's tools for getting organized. There's tools to heal, tools to feel. Journaling for me was really just a way to have deeper self-awareness and to get to know myself better and learn about myself. So I recommend it a lot to people and this book really came out of a need from that because I was recommending journaling and people were like, well, you know, I don't have time to journal or I'm not a writer or I wouldn't have anything to say if I tried. And after enough people gave me that kind of smack, I was like, well, I'm not a writer either. And I also don't have very much time, but this really helps me. So I'm going to figure out a way that I can share it. And that's what this book is. It's a way for me to let out all the thoughts in my mind, sort them out and decide which ones to listen to and which ones aren't actually serving me and hear my intuition a little bit more. So the book is called Let It Out, A Journey Through Journaling, available in bookstores. Ask your bookstores to order it. Any bookstore that doesn't have it can order it, but they all should. I know it's at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, wherever you shop for books. The link on my website is really a great one to go to. You can see the book trailer and you can get the bonuses. So if you buy One copy, you get a great PDF with the deleted tracks. If you buy more than one copy, you can get great exclusive interviews I did about journaling with Jordan Bach, Aaron Stutland, Nancy Levin, and there's a lot more great, great bonuses on my website, but just check that out. It's katiedelbutt.com slash let dash it dash out. Um, So yeah, check it out there or just go to the website. Again, it's in the show notes. You can just click on the album art. It's really all I wanted to say about that. I'm going to be in New York City for the book launch the week it comes out. So next week, I cannot believe it's already next week. It's crazy. What am I going to pack? What am I going to wear? I mean, it's really challenging in this season of spring to figure out if it's going to be hot. Is it going to be cold? It's probably cold in the morning, hot later. I don't know. So if you have any suggestions, let me know. I just bought a cool dress at Anthropology. I really hope it's warm enough to wear it. Let's all just cross our fingers. But anyway, on to the important stuff. I'm doing a live podcast April 5th, the day the book comes out, the big day, with my best friend in podcasting, 
Christy Harrison, who hosts Food Psych. We're doing a swap cast, and we're having amazing guests, many of them have been on my podcast, like Kelsey Miller and Caroline Duner. She's going to play songs on her ukulele. It's going to be amazing, and there's so many more guests. There's so many great things happening at that amazing event we're doing Tickets are only $10. They're going to sell out. So get your tickets now on my website in the show notes. Come to New York. It's going to be fun. If you're in New York, it's going to be great. Okay, the next day, so that's Tuesday the 5th, Wednesday of next week, the 6th, I'm also still in New York, and I'm going to be at my launch party. My launch party is at Ginger Snap Organic, and you guys know Ginger Snap. You love Ginger Snap. Jamie, who owns it, was on the podcast. We love her. And so... Gabby Bernstein, who you also know and love, who wrote the forward of my book, and Jordan Bach, who you know and love and has been on the podcast twice, they are co-hosting my launch party at Ginger Snap Organic from 7 to 9 p.m. on Wednesday, April 6th. So come, come, hang out, get a book, I'll sign a book, Gabby will sign the book, and we'll just hang out and have a really good time. We'll hug, Jordan's going to make a playlist, it's going to be hype come and hang out. I can't wait. And I have a couple more things coming up in New York. Links in the show notes. And I love you guys. I'm going to get into the episode because I have to go. But you are amazing. Thank you for listening every week. If you're new, thank you for finding the podcast. Let's be friends. Find me on social media. Like the podcast. Share the podcast with a friend. Maybe leave a review. That would be like the coolest thing ever. Welcome back, everyone, to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm so excited that Jessie Pepper of Style and Pepper is here in Wonderland. She's a style expert, an on-air host, a blogger, and she has so much experience in fashion and beauty and lifestyle and marriage and podcasting and so many things. She has been on Good Morning America. She's been in Vogue. She's been in Harper's Bazaar, Lucky Magazine, HGTV, Huffington Post. It's amazing. All the places she's been covered. I'm literally blushing right now. (laughs) Good. Well, you should be because you are so awesome. She's the girl behind Style and Pepper. And I'm so excited that you're here hanging out with me. This is going to be so much fun. Thanks for being here. Hey, I am glad to be here talking with you too. And I am just so excited to get to know you better because I feel like there are a gajillion ways that our our lives, uh, at least what I can see of yours online, uh, I feel like they overlap a little bit. So I'm excited to hear more about yeah. your story as we go. Yeah, I know. That's that's my favorite part of these conversations is that they really are conversations. It's not me just like rattling off questions for you and it's... Um, it's a two-way conversation, and, and there you're right. There's so much overlap, and that's so funny because the first thing I, I wanted to ask you, and I kind of ask everyone where to start, is really to zoom the lens back and tell me about how you got to where you are doing what you do today, and I know that we both majored in broadcast journalism Fun. and both used those degrees in similar ways now, but probably yes. not how we thought we would use them oh my at gosh. all. No, not at all. Um, so yeah, take us you know, back. okay. So it started when I was 11 years old and literally was so obsessed with being what I, you know, anticipated to be the next primetime news anchor that 
everything that I was into as a kid of that age, like was so atypical. So most of my friends were like playing soccer or going to the mall or doing stuff that normal kids that age do when they're, you know, having fun. And I was like staying home on Friday nights to watch, um, Dateline and like waking up at 6am to make sure I caught the local news before it switched over to the today show in the morning. Cause I wanted to have it on in those first few minutes of oh the show where it was we are just twins. Fun. Why yeah. were we not friends? <laughs> I don't know. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Michigan. I'm still in Michigan. Oh my gosh. Okay. Did well, you grow up in California? I grew up in Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh, cool. I've yeah. never been to Arizona, but I oh hear it's beautiful and I love warm weather. So I'm Can sure I I'd love say, it. Arizona is like this kind of well-kept secret, I think as in terms of wellness, it's like a wellness Mecca. Oh my you gosh. We should go. go. We should go. I I'm should actually, co-visit thinking we should just plan a trip because I love going back and visiting my family, but then there's all sorts of little like resorts and just, I mean, the yoga scene Ah. is extremely wonderful. There's tons of healthy food. There's tons of people living active lifestyles. I feel like it's just, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Plus times of the year that most of the places in the United States are covered in snow and just really crummy. In my opinion, Arizona is like beautiful. So amazing. Yeah. So that's where I grew up and I love it so much. My family still lives there. I love going back. Um, but very much, you know, thought that I was going to leave Arizona, uh, work in network TV news and, uh, be the next Katie Couric. So funny. I'm just like <laughs> laughing over here because I relate to that so much. Really? I, yeah. My whole thing was I wanted to be the next Katie Couric and that exact Get person. Yeah. And my name is Katie. And so oh it was it was pretty funny. And I went to college and studied broadcast. And I don't know if this was the case for you, but for us, before we got to the TV news classes and journalism, we had to take um, a bunch of radio classes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I remember being really frustrated and like, oh, I can't wait to I get to the TV news classes, these prerequisites, like whatever. But they actually turned out to be really helpful because I learned how to edit and I learned how to, I mean, I still use a lot of those skills that I learned in those radio classes in making a podcast. But back then, podcasts didn't even exist. Or maybe they existed, but I didn't know what they were then. No, I don't think, yeah, I don't, I I never knew about them until like the last, I would say five years or so. Yeah, yeah. And so as soon as I graduated, I started this podcast. And it it was pretty funny how it's like that Steve Jobs quote that always comes up on my podcast, but, you know, you can't connect the dots moving forward. You can only do so going back. And so for you and I, we both use the skills and Mm. the parts that we really liked about broadcast Mm -hmm. And now I always say, like, I still am a journalist. I just only report on the things that I like. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's so funny. I mean, similarly for me, it's like I I think I've been labeled a number of different things professionally, which is fine because I do a lot of stuff. And so it's kind of hard to put everything that I do for my career into one box, I think. And that's why um, it's funny because lifestyle expert is the one I would say just most generally describes a lot of the different things that I do, Mm -hmm. but it's great because one of the things that, um, translates well to now me doing TV news is that, especially if you watch a lot of the stations and shows that have like a lifestyle component to them. So probably not like, um, you know, Lesser Holt on the nightly news or some of the more hard hitting. I'm an NBC girl, so I stick with kind of that network. So I don't know a lot of the other um, station shows, but like 
when you watch the Today Show or Good Morning America or different, um, you know, Access Hollywood uh, shows like that, where they do have a lot of the lifestyle component, it's really handy when they're looking for someone to come in and talk about, you know, whether it's fashion trends or it's, you know, health and, and active lifestyles or whether it's technology, all of these different things sort of fit into that category, which is great because, uh, like you said, it's really fun when you get to quote unquote report on the things that you're interested in. And those things are kind of, you know, what I'm all about. So it's wonderful. Yeah. You're such an inspiration to me because I remember having this moment, uh, after college when I was like, am I just selling out and giving up on my dream of like Mm -hmm. being a TV news reporter. And then I I really had to have this moment with myself and be like, wait, no, I actually don't want that anymore. And, and I think, and obviously you know this, but that industry is, you know, it's really competitive and I'm, I don't have a competitive Mm -hmm. bone in me. Like I was never athletic or into sports and you have to move a bunch of times and like move to a small market and report on corn. And I just like, I didn't (laughs) want to be like, I didn't want to be tied to, to that through, through my job. And so this seemed like a better fit and the really awesome thing that really helped me get out of that, oh, I'm not actually selling out and not doing this dream of mine. I'm just doing it in a different way. And maybe I will be on one of those shows just as a guest and not as, or a contributor, not as the host. And then I saw that you were on Good Morning America, which was like amazing (laughs) and so cool. Can you tell us about that experience? And did you kind of have that moment that, that I was talking about where you were like, wow, I, you know, this, it was probably one of those moments in your career where you're like, I've made it. Like, I I mean, I'm sure you've had many, but like that had to be surreal, especially since you always wanted to do broadcast journalism. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I think a lot of the chances that I've had to go be on TV in that capacity where like I'm a guest in that Mm -hmm. situation and I'm usually speaking with the host who's like the anchor or, you know, someone someone actually from the show that's a regular, um, they're usually surprised. And I think actually <laughs> the interesting thing is that there's like a range of emotions that I see flash across their face when I, um, they see that I know how to mic myself up or like, I know how to do a sound check or I know, I know my way around a news studio. I actually did work in TV news. Um, and so I'm, familiar with the industry, uh, you know, professionally. And so it's funny because sometimes they're surprised, sometimes they're relieved, sometimes they're like, you know, oh, who does she think she is? And the time uh, that I had at Good Morning America was just so, so positive. Like the the producers were incredible. Mm-hmm. The, um, the host, which is uh, Amy, um, Robach, who I actually watched yeah, uh, on NBC. for a long time on the Today Show. I love yeah. her. I love her so much. And so I was so excited. I didn't know who I'd be talking to until I got there that morning. So yeah, she's way cool. Oh, she's rad. So I was super excited. And, and like from start to finish, I was so impressed with the whole, um, the whole experience. And Yeah. I mean, I was having pinch me moments every five seconds because I, you know, someone would walk by me in the hall that maybe a typical person wouldn't recognize, but because I'm super into all fangirl, I fangirled all over the place. I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, or even just like seeing, um, um, like the headshots of the news anchors 
from the past, however many years from, from that network, you know, had signed autographed their headshots and they were framed in the hallway. I was like standing there staring at every single one. And the the person I was supposed to be following was like, come on, hurry up. I'm like, okay, Uh sorry. Anyway. So it was wonderful. Um, I had a call from a producer actually was about this time last year. And they were like, Hey, so we need a fashion expert to come on and talk about the fashion trends that are being pinned on Pinterest for new year's Eve. Can you do it? And, um, I mean, it was pretty easy to say yes. There were a lot of logistics that went into it, um, but it worked out. And I think I flew back in from Arizona. I had been in Arizona for Christmas. I flew back in the night before. I landed at like 11 p.m. in New York City, which is where we lived at the time. And then um, the next morning got picked up by a car at like 3.30 a.m. with all my stuff for the segment. And I was home by like 7.30 7.30 or 8 the next morning and oh, already wow. was like, wait, so do I take a nap or how do I, how do I get over the adrenaline rush? What's going on? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, you are amazing and adorable and so real and authentic, which is just so cool. And it's so cool to see how that, how that came to be. Were you nervous before going on? Okay. I hate sounding so obnoxious when I have to answer this question, but I really don't get super nervous before I go on air. I have so many other things in life that make me nervous (laughs) that I always feel like my nerves save themselves for like random everyday moments when most people are able to be totally calm. But for some reason, I just don't get, um, I just don't get freaked before I go on. So luckily that morning I was, I was cool as a cucumber. Um, and just, you know, we had a couple of like little, interesting behind the scenes moments where like the model had a situation we had to try to get over. And there was a timing issue with even just like the run of show for, for other news that they were covering. And so I generally like kind of try and run with, you know, roll with the punches. And that other stuff was keeping me distracted enough that I wasn't even thinking too much about being on air. That's amazing. Well, you are such a natural and you are just so cool. I'll put the link in the show notes. So everybody oh, can fun. Check That'd it be out. great. Yeah, that was, that was so cool. So let's take everyone else back a little bit. So you, I feel like we covered until you were 11 and then I completely jumped <laughs> until yeah. No, no, yeah. when Sorry. you were um, on Good Morning America, like last year. So tell us a little bit more that's about- it. That's all. That's all I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> From 11 to, to network news. No, I'm just kidding. You've there had lots so... of twists and turns in oh, there. So I'd like God. to cover like a little bit of that <laughs> and you, like how you got into fashion and styling. Were you always interested in that? You know, I always have loved like fashion and beauty and, uh, as much of a tomboy as I was growing up, um, I think I just always loved those, uh, those kind of lifestyle aspects from even just a creative standpoint. I come from a really artistic family and yet I, I can't like draw a stick figure to save my life or any of the other, I mean, that's like putting it kindly. Um, but like I have professional painters and like really, really talented. My brother's an amazing graphic designer and my mom and dad are both so creative. And I feel like fashion and beauty for me are like my medium in a way. I think I just, that's just how I express myself even since I was a little girl. And so it's always been a part of me, but I never paid attention to it or thought I would pursue it as a career. So I studied broadcast journalism in college. Um, I was on like, even in high school, I was on, um, we actually had a media track at my public high school in Scottsdale. So I was like skipping regular classes and doing like college 
college media broadcasting classes in high school and like being bused to the, the, um, Walter Cronkite school of journalism at ASU, um, in my spare time and in the summer and, and doing stuff on a national level, pretty young. And then when I got to college, obviously picked that as my major, that was an easy choice, but really quickly I got burnt out, which is so like, that is soon to get burnt out on your career. Maybe because I started at 11. I didn't really start at 11, but that was when I became like obsessed with it. I mean, I was so obsessed. I used to take the kitchen table and pull the kitchen table against the kitchen wall in like my family's dining or, you know, kitchen area, dining area, and take the newspaper after my dad was done with it in the morning. And I would read the newspaper to my mom while she was like making us breakfast in the morning. And I remember I've seen one video of this as proof. And I was like reporting, I think I was saying that I was Connie Chung or something like that. And my grandpa was there. And I remember he was like, you know, if you're going to report the news, you need to say a name other than Connie Chung. And I was like, (laughs) what should I say? And he was like, you should say Jesse Chung. So then I started saying, I'm Jesse Chung reporting live for the Arizona Morning News, which there's no such thing. I just made that up. But um, yes, it's so cute. I would say that I was Jesse Chung. And after a while, I had like this little alter ego. But anyway, so I in college, as I was studying and starting to do internships, I interned at the NBC affiliate in Phoenix and started doing um, both on air work. And then also in the afternoons, when the morning news shows were over, I was helping out in the um, basically in the marketing and ad sales department the business side of things. And that I got, you know, really excited about. But then I also, just as you said, started getting a little bit nervous about this idea that I'd be moving around to smaller markets, doing all this other, you know, schlepping my own camera and tripod around and like filming my own infield stuff and then editing it and living in the middle of nowhere and just kind of trying to make it work. Um, and for a lot of people, it's worth it, you know, and for a lot of people, that's just a part of the story, but I just didn't, it didn't resonate. And then I had a a really well-known Phoenix anchor woman. Um, I think she thought she was doing me a favor, but she sort of cornered me in the women's bathroom one day. And she was like, just so you know, if you ever want a family and if you ever want to live in one city for more than like five years at a time, you need to get out while you still can. And Uh, I know I was like, okay, is this lady genuinely trying to help me out? Is she trying to scare me away because she doesn't want more competition in the market? Like I had no idea. She probably just had like had a fight with her husband or like Mr. Kids or something. Absolutely. I'm sure she was just having a crummy day. And, and just for whatever reason, like we were literally washing our hands next to each other in the restroom of the, like of the TV station. And she blurts this out and I'm like, okay. All right. Good things to think about. Thank you very much. You know? And of course this is coming from a woman that I've grown up watching and admired in a way. And so I wouldn't say that was the reason that I kind of let go of my initial dream of what it would look like, but I think it made it a lot easier to digest that my eventual career would look a lot different than I originally thought. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I graduated still with the same degree I had added on. I double majored in um, uh, media communication. So I had a lot of extra classes in there beyond just broadcasting. I took psychology classes. I took advertising classes. I took business classes. I took, you know, a ton of general communications classes. 
and loved it all. And then when I graduated, my husband and I married and moved to Kansas City, Missouri. And uh, we moved there for his grad school program. And I pretty quickly realized that I wasn't going to pursue TV news there. I mean, there were so many reasons. I don't need to get into all the like nitty gritty of the industry, but basically I just needed a job fast because my husband was in in school full time. We had just bought a house. And so I was like, I got to pay the mortgage, you know? Mm -hmm. So I got a job in, in marketing. I worked in corporate marketing for a few different architecture firms, um, throughout the few years that we were there. And uh, started my blog at that time, which originally was just showcasing kind of personal style and the personal style of others. Um, and it's sort of grown and changed from there. It's now a spot where I share way more than just that, but I would say that's still my bread and butter is, is kind of personal style, but I love sharing tips and tricks for healthy living. And I love sharing, you know, shopping resources. And I think most of my like lifestyle content kind of, um, spreads out across all of my different channels. I'm really active on social media. So I share different things kind of on different platforms. Um, but the blog is still sort of, you know, my little internet home and it's a space where I always like to just give advice on a happy, healthy and flavorful life. And, and that's kind of what everything that I do, uh, branches out from. Mm, it's so beautiful. And I relate to all of your stories so much, especially with the blog transitioning and growing and changing as we grow and change. Because I feel like right? in your 20s, like you're changing so quickly. And I started my blog when I was in college. And at the time, it what and I always say this in, in interviews, like when I'm being interviewed, but I say that the blogs had many iterations because I've had many iterations, you know, so it's constantly mm-hmm. growing and changing and evolving right. based on like what I'm into. And so I think Wait, I, I the, might have to ask you if I can borrow that. I feel like when please people, use people always are like, so why does your why, you know, why are you constantly changing your content? Or how, how do you, you know, tell yeah. us more about how you have gone from like, one thing to the next thing to the next thing, just from a blogging standpoint. And I think you just made such a beautiful illustration is that people don't stay the same over the course of, I mean, my blog's been around for seven some years. And so would I be the same exact person as I was seven years ago? No, obviously not. And I love that you describe it that way because it's really, um, kind of a handy, a handy metaphor. Yeah, I mean, I think I heard once that your blog should be an extension of your resume, you know, and and I think whether it's your resume resume or just an extension of you, it's it's part of us, you know, and so if if we were just tied into it being, and that's why I'm so grateful that the name of my blog, you know, The Wellness Wonderland, when I first started that, it meant something very different to me than it means now, and I think of it now as like this umbrella term that you know, encompasses all areas of life from your mental health to your spiritual health to your physical health to to all of it, to your style, everything. But I'm really glad that that name can kind of finagle to transfer to that. And I didn't name my blog something like, you know, like, fitness only or like, I don't know, <laughs> like something, totally. something like I love that. It. Yeah. And so I think it's the same for you. I think when you, when you make, um, that's advice I give to people when they're like trying to figure out a name of like, 
don't name it anything specific because your niche might change or you might not be into your niche, but then mm-hmm. those followers might just love you not for your niche but for you and want to grow with you and change with you. And and that will allow you the space to do it or just use your name, you know? So, sure. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's cool to see that that's a common thing and that's definitely something that we both have in common. So you after you left... Um, you ended up transitioning out of doing your work um, full-time and decided to do the blog full-time and get into styling. So how did that kind of come to be? So I uh, was really accidentally thrown into becoming a personal stylist just because I was running my blog on the side while I was working full time and had a handful of people that had reached out and asked me to help them with some personal style work, mainly just like putting together outfits from their own closet, maybe a little bit of shopping here and there. And after my first two, I say quote unquote clients, which to me, I was just going and doing this kind of because I was flattered and I thought it was a favor. I, I knew one of the women I knew from church and the other woman was the spouse of someone that I worked with. So they weren't complete strangers, but they knew about my style through my blog and reached out and said, will you come help me? So I went over to their homes. Yeah, it was really fun, but I was just like, you know, I wasn't thinking that I was doing it as a gig. I was thinking this will just be fun. I love picking out outfits for myself and for friends. So yeah, why wouldn't I? So they both asked what my rates were. And in my head, I was like, crap, I don't have rates. Um, (laughs) I didn't know this was going to be a paying deal, you know? And so I made something up. I don't even remember what I said. Um, and they, you know, I went home from both, both of the different things with, a check and realize that there might be other people out there interested in these same services. And this was right around the time that, um, uh, Rachel Zoe was really getting a lot of press, especially because of her TV show. Um, I think it was like right at the same time that that came out. And so I think there, and it was also really right as the economy was, you know, completely crapped out. And so I think a lot of people were understanding the term stylist as more of a household word. And then I also think that a lot of people were trying to save money and be smart by not just walking into any old store and buying like the full outfit off the mannequin, exactly how it was styled, but like maybe they could buy one piece Mm. a season and work it into their wardrobe, making a bunch of new outfits by only adding that one thing, which is obviously saving money. Even if you're hiring a stylist, a lot of times it can be a really economical choice. So I started doing personal styling. I was doing it on the weekends and at night, started getting asked, um, to do events and things. I started, uh, calling when I, right as I realized that I could make money doing these personal styling jobs, I started calling the local producers and saying, Hey, let me know if you ever need a fashion expert to do segments. Started doing that really regularly. I was at pretty much all of the different stations there in Kansas City, um, at least once or twice a week, probably. Let me think. Maybe a little bit more. I don't remember now. But so I was getting my my name out there by doing that, still blogging. And then um, I did have a brief stint where my last architecture industry job, I left because I was hired away to do, um, regional visuals and merchandising for J crew. So that was sort of a random little hiccup. It was really fun. Like they found me through my blog, hired me away from this architecture firm. So I left that full-time job for a full-time 
position at, um, you know, in retail and then was only there for about eight months because at that point my own stuff at Style and Pepper had started to just kind of blow up, explode. Yeah. It was really, really scary and amazing and wonderful. And I felt so blessed, but just equally like kind of freaked at the same time. So I left my job at J crew to go out on my own full time. And actually just this past September, um, celebrated my fourth or fifth year on my own full time. I guess it'd be, I think it'd be my fifth year. Yeah. That's so So, cool. So soon after that, did you move to New York? And so yeah, about a year and a half later, we moved to New York. My my husband got an incredible job offer and with the company that he already worked at. So it wasn't even like something we really pursued. Someone, you know, from headquarters in New York City called and said, Hey, do you want this job? And we have never even we had never even talked about moving east. In fact, when we moved to Kansas City, we were like, let's just do it for grad school. We'll move back to Southern California when we're done. Um, which was where we met and got married. And, um, uh, he got the offer and, and we just sort of looked at each other and was like, why not? I mean, it, it, we've always just enjoyed adventure and love kind of creating these chapters of life for ourselves. And so did that. And we just moved from New York city to like the LA area, um, back to Southern California, uh, like three months ago, a few months ago. So we were in New York for about four years. You guys are so cool. That's oh my so gosh. Amazing. Not at all. <laughs> no, you seriously Just... are. We'll, we'll get into your, your podcast with him in a minute, but ah. I want to know. So what have you learned? Um, what's the biggest and best lesson you've learned in those past four years of being an entrepreneur? Gosh. Oh, that's such a good question. I, I feel like the biggest thing that I've learned is that I need to be open to learning something new every day because it's honestly, it's the moments where I look around, see things swimming along and think to myself, Oh, I got this. Like this is working. Those are the days that usually then there's a speed bump or a hiccup or something else that directly follows where I'm like, no, not only did I need, need this for a little dose of humility, but I think I also need this because I'm, I'm just, you know, meant to learn more about X, Y, Z. And honestly, it extends past entrepreneurship as well. So whether it's like, okay, you shouldn't have hired that person or, um, uh, I use that as an example because I really haven't had too many hiring mishaps, but, (laughs) um, but you know, whether, whether it's related to my actual business or whether it's related to self-care, whether it's related to, um, my marriage, it can be, it can be anything. I think entrepreneurship has taught me that, um, to always be learning is, is one of the greatest gifts. And I just, I'm a perpetual learner. I love it so much that, um, even though it's hard sometimes. And like I said, even though it brings humility during times in which you don't always want to be able to embrace humility, I, I definitely see it as something to value. And I'm thankful for the chance to even be able to make mistakes and be able to learn things as I go. Mm, that's so good. I think that's such good advice. I was just having a conversation with a friend yesterday about being flexible and being able to, like you 
said, roll with the punches, and she recently had a baby, and she's a very type A person, super perfectionistic, and, and we both are, and she's completely had to let go in so many ways because she can't control her schedule anymore, and it's such a beautiful thing to just always be flexible and always be learning because I think that we're given those, like you said, those moments for a reason to learn what we're going to learn, and if we don't, we'll just keep being given them again and again and they'll get louder and louder so Mm -hmm. it's just really important to I'm really glad you shared that oh yeah I mean it's just true I think I think there is this new wave of vulnerability that's popping up in a lot of the online world Mm -hmm. and a lot of the online professionals that probably you and I both admire and I love it and I think it's important um and I think that it gives us a lot of freedom to feel like making mistakes is just a part of our stories, you know? Yes. Yes. Feel like making mistakes is just part of our stories. I love that. And it's so true because I think making mistakes is part of our stories. And when you tell me about your mistakes, Jesse, like that's the part I love the most. Like that's what I can connect <laughs> oh, to. Oh girl, I should just you know? write a book full of mistakes and hand it right to you. It would be <laughs> probably hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, probably like that, we just want to connect with each other. And so I think, you know, when you share your mistakes, it makes you feel less alone and more human. And it makes me feel hearing them less alone and more Mm -hmm. human. So it's totally a win-win for everybody. So I love the vulnerability craze, if we can even call it that. Sure. Let's call it that. (laughs) Yeah. It's so good. So I want to talk about style a little bit. And I I wish that you could just pick out my outfits for me like every single day and costume Gosh, changes. I would love that. <laughs> I would love that. I love, love, love putting together outfits like for anybody. It's so weird. I, I don't, I don't currently do any personal styling, but there are many times where I'm like, man, I should just revert back to that and, and kind of pull up this, this old you know, few years yeah. old offering that I used to do because I really do love it so much. It's just, unfortunately, other things have sort of crowded that out. But, yeah. but, but yeah, I would, I would absolutely pick out. Oh my gosh. You're day. the sweetest. You're so cool. Yeah. My, well, my roommate actually in college was an apparel textile design major. And so she's actually pursuing being a personal stylist. She lives in New York and she works at Vogue right now. And she would every day, we lived with each other and she would come upstairs to my room. I lived in like the attic (laughs) of our house and she would lay out my clothes for me every single day. Or for you, geez. Well, kind (laughs) of. But then when I left college, I was like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. What do I wear? And I just like always feel like I'm a mess. And I still like have some of her items. She was a great like thrifter. And so I still like have items from hers that I stole from accidentally borrowing and not giving back. And so I, yeah, I definitely lucked out, but I I was spoiled. So I, I need all the style tips I can get. And I would love for you to share some of your go-to style tips of right now. I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but I'd love to know any like style tips for women just that are like in general for for everyone listening and even maybe some trends of right now that you're into okay style tips are hard because everyone's like day-to-day life is so different like if you're going to an office you're going to dress differently than you are if you're me who is sitting here 
on my bed in yoga pants and uh, a comfy sweater because this is, you know, my appointment for the day. And so um, obviously it depends a lot. But one of the things that I like to recommend is that if you feel like you're getting bored with your personal style, or if you feel like you're in a rut, or maybe you just have never had that part of your life really feel fun or fresh or interesting. Yeah. Like if you're just like, I'm just not into it, that's totally fine. I would say put on exactly what you would dress in as your go-to. So if it's, let's just use jeans and a white t-shirt or like jeans and a cute t-shirt, even, you know, like a, um, Mm -hmm. just like a plain basic tee. Um, if that's your go-to and you usually just slip on, um, you know, your cute Chuck Taylors before you walk out the door, I would just say, get dressed in your go-to and then swap out one item for something that's just a little bit fresher or a little bit more inventive or a little bit outside of the box of what you'd normally do. Leave the house and see what happens. And when I encourage people to do this, it doesn't matter, you know, you could be getting dressed to go, um, for, you know, a really kick butt day at the office. And the same thing would apply. Don't wear jeans and a t-shirt, please, but put on your, you know, your normal, whatever it is and swap out one, you know, maybe swap out your pair of earrings for, um, a fabulous statement necklace or something and just experiment in a way that allows you to sort of, um, like kicking away from the edge of the pool, but, but still hanging on to, um, like a little kickboard for safety, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Like you want to go deeper, you want to be more adventurous. You want to try new things and new trends. That's a great way to try out a new trend. Like I think a lot of times we flip through these scented glossy magazines and we, um, you know, we pay attention to what, celebrities are wearing and what movie stars, uh, are, you know, gravitating towards all of these different ways that we figure out what's in trend. Right. And we think, okay, so if, um, you know, suede miniskirts are in and big, huge, chunky fisherman sweaters are in and thigh high leather boots are in and, big statement hoop earrings are in and slouchy beanies are in all these different like trends that you might want to try. I think a lot of people feel like I'm just going to put it on all, all at once and hope that it works. And most often it's, it's <laughs> really mess. better to just like sprinkle it on yeah. in small doses until you feel comfortable enough to try the next thing. And, um, I don't know, I think the beautiful thing about style and the, really the beautiful thing about, uh, the lifestyle design approach that I teach, it's called pepperology. And I picked the word pepperology for a few reasons. But um, one of the things I love most about it is that everyone can use the same ingredients so differently to come up with a recipe that is just incredibly unique, incredibly diverse, and is going to be so innately true to them that is the beautiful thing about personal style. It's a beautiful thing about cooking. It's the beautiful thing about creating a home, all of these different things. Um, even cultivating a career, you could say, um, it's just about what you do with those trends or those style pieces that you love and how you mix and match and how you add flavor here and there. Um, that's what makes it exciting and fun. Mm, that was so good. That's that's such a good one. So <laughs> when you're talking about that go-to outfit, what's your go-to outfit, like the one that you're excited to wear from your closet right now? Oh, gosh. Let's see. So it's interesting. My style changes 
day to day for sure, but it also changes quite a bit uh, depending on where I am geographically. And we, since we moved around a lot, I'm forever kind of editing, revamping, changing. Um, and I think I'm in an interesting transition point right now because we just moved from New York City to Long Beach, California. We live two blocks from the beach. So like I yeah. have gotten rid of a lot of my you know, quote unquote, New York city attire. (laughs) Um, or at least some of it, I mean like my warm, most of my cold weather clothes, I just is probably going to live in Tupperware containers for a while, just until I figure out like what I want to keep and, and use and stuff. But I find myself reaching for way more casual stuff than I did, uh, you know, 10 months ago, six months ago, even two months ago. Um, my go-to right now, I would say is, some form of like a flowy tank dress. Usually like I, I, I gravitate towards really flowy silhouettes. Um, and actually that's kind of a fun thing. I don't know when this is going to air, but I am working on a line of my own. It's going to be a really small badge. Yeah. I have not told anybody except for like my husband and my business coach and a few other like really close friends, but it's so not public yet. Oh my gosh. Well, this won't be, this won't be coming out for a long time. So this is like, (laughs) this is good. This is like, you heard it here first. Yes. You totally did hear it here first. Cause I exclusive. Yeah. So I gravitate towards these silhouettes and I find myself like, if I see it, out in the wild as I'm shopping, I'll always snatch it up if I love it. Um, but I find myself always wishing like, ah, this is perfect. If it just had better straps or like, oh, this is great. It just needs to be like three inches longer or three inches shorter or whatever. And so I decided to finally do something about it, but I would say this like flowy silhouette dress, like mid length. So I like where it hits right below the knee. Um, and then right now, since it's chilly, um, I, I'm throwing over like a slouchy sweater, like a, an actual knit sweater. Um, and then if it's really cold, I'll do like a leather jacket or something too. I love mixing textures and I love mixing structured with more free form pieces. Pretty much every outfit I ever wear out of the house consists of at least one piece of vintage. So I'm a huge vintage collector. I have like an archive here in the garage that is just pieces that some of it I've worn, some of it I've never worn, but it's like akin to, you know, probably like a 60 year old man having baseball cards from like you know, the fifties oh, and forties. Oh like you just keep obsessed. getting cooler and cooler with yeah, every answer. It's, it's like they're in boxes and I may never even, you know, end up getting to take them for a spin. A lot of them so I do. Cool. Like I make a point to try and wear the stuff that feels too crazy to wear. And that's the thing, like that's that mixture piece that I love. Like I'll wear, I have this neon brush stroke plaid um, 1960, like probably late sixties, um, mini dress with long bell sleeves. And it's so crazy. And like, I remember seeing it being like, I love that so much that I can hardly breathe right now, but there's no (laughs) chance that I would ever wear it anywhere. And it was from a thrift store. So it was probably like under $5. And so I bought it. And for the past, I probably bought it five years ago. And I would say, have been working up the courage to wear it the entire time I've owned it. Finally wore it the other day. I believe that it took the move to California because it's such a Southern California sixties dress. But the reason I felt like I was able to justify wearing it out without like a costume party to go to (laughs) 
It's because I wore it with a pair of like slip on Keds, like little lace up kick around white, just like basic tennies, um, and a backpack. So I was basically just trying to pull accessories from like my absolute most casual end of the spectrum to temper this, you know, piece that otherwise would maybe make me look a little bit crazy. And the thing is, is I felt great wearing that outfit. And I kind of like looking back, I'm like, I had been missing out on wearing that outfit this whole time. But I really do think that pushing myself to make, you know, again, like that's definitely not the most adventurous thing anyone could do, but pushing myself style wise style category. I get it. I get a rush from it. It's like a little adrenaline, um, push for me that I love. And, uh, in, in the cases like this, where it ends up being a decent or even really fun decision, I always, you know, it encourages me to do it more often, I should say. Mm, no, that's so good. I'm so glad you shared that. So I think another thing that really stops people from exploring with their style or being adventurous with their style. And I'll speak for myself. This is something that I struggle with a lot. And I was planning to ask you this anyways, because it's something that I always talk about a lot in the show, because it's been my biggest struggle in life. But body image, I think body image is something that people really struggle with when it comes to style, or at least I do. And, you know, maybe wanting to wear a certain style, but not feeling comfortable because of the way that their body looks or the way that they perceive their body looking. Um, but I also think that style can be really helpful and really beneficial when you are struggling with body image. So I would love if you could kind of speak on that and then also, um, share with us if you've ever struggled with body image being such a public figure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's such, um, a topic that's really near and dear to my heart. I absolutely have struggled with it. I still struggle with it. And, um, it's actually probably one of the most asked about things in my, in my lifestyle design sessions with my own clients is, um, or I should say maybe not the most asked about, but it does come up probably the most frequently. (laughs) So, um, a lot of times people don't even know that it's something that they want to ask about how to figure out, but it just, you know, people blurt out like, Oh, I hate this about myself or that about myself. And they don't even realize that they've got these like deep seated, um, inclinations to dislike the visual self that they think everyone else sees in the same way that they do. Um, yeah, I mean, style can be, it can be a tricky thing, I think, in this case, because it can be something that brings up a lot of hangups, right? I mean, if there's a trend that you're dying to try, and I'll use one of my own examples, like I have ridiculously bad varicose veins and spider veins, like all over my legs. And I'm pretty positive it's due to uh, what feels like a lifetime of running and and playing sports and then also having a really bad habit of crossing my legs. I don't know. Someone told me that once. That oh, my that gosh. I'm uncrossing like, my legs. No, I yeah. <laughs> I actually don't know if that's true, but someone told me that once. And now it's so funny. For a long time, every time I noticed that I had my legs crossed, I would like casually try to force myself to uncross them. But then... this is such a side note Then I think I heard on like Dr. Oz or something. They said that that's actually a myth. So now when I notice that I've got my legs crossed, I do this little internal like dialogue with myself, like 
self, uncross your legs. You don't want your oh, wait, spec no, to Dr. Oz says it's okay. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, no self, Dr. Oz says it's okay. And then another like third random self is like, who cares what your leg looks, legs look yes, like? Yes, exactly. Them if comfortable, whatever. But anyway, it's so funny. So My, someone told me this is on that side note that, that it, um, it like messes with your hip alignment. Oh, that I believe. I'm really into uh, yoga and chiropractic health and yeah, all of that. Yeah, it was actually my chiropractor that told me that. But <laughs> I constantly cross my legs because when I'm cold, yes. it like helps me. Absolutely, like, I have to when I'm cold. Plus, I like I my body language bit of me. Like I always, I love leaning forward. I'm yeah. most leaning forward, and it's so much easier to lean forward if your legs are crossed. I find I don't know why. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> like will sit with my legs crossed while I'm right? working, or if I go work from a coffee shop, though. Oh yeah, and then. I, it like I have to cross the other way and my my legs are asleep and my hips just like mm-hmm. definitely feel not great mm-hmm. but it I it's weird anyways weird yeah. side note well so but that's one for me like I'm I occasionally will get really self-conscious about the way that my legs look and you know for a while I was like yeah but it's funny because I I I like my legs in most other cases it's just the surface of them that bothers me. And so like when I want to wear a mini skirt or like a short dress, um, and, and show off the muscles on my legs that I've, I've only gotten through hard work, you know, it's like, or, you know, especially this was actually a time that it came up really recently. Um, I competed in a triathlon this fall and, uh, one of the things they do is they write your number, like your bib number, they write on your, arm and on your leg. Mm -hmm. And it was funny because, um, I was going to lunch like the day after the race with a friend and she was very good naturedly teasing me like the week up until she's like, are you going to bag out on the race? Are you going to bag out? And it was a total joke. She wasn't being a jerk or anything. And I was teasing back saying, I just don't want to do it anymore. So anyways, the next day I was going to lunch with her and I really was excited to wear um, like shorts or a skirt so I could show her the number written on my leg in Sharpie. Cause that was like my badge of honor, right? Like I'd finished my race. I, I, you know, all these things, but I remember I was like, so bummed out because I felt like it meant being okay with showing the varicose veins and the spider veins, like on the backs of my knees and on the sides of my legs. And so I had this moment where I was like, which is more important giving that up and saying who the hell cares or covering up my number that I'm really excited about and proud to show my friends. Um, and, and I'm going to have to make a choice based on which one's my priority. And I ended up deciding that, 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 um, you know, little Sharpie squiggle of strength (laughs) is really what it ended up being, um, was, was actually more important to me. And I was like, who cares? Someone plus I, this is the other thing I always say, if someone's looking closely enough at my legs that they can see how veiny they are, they either need a restraining order or (laughs) they probably have their own issues and they're seeking out, you know, imperfections on someone else. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's, I'm glad that you share that because it just goes to show that like everybody has an insecurity, you know, whether it's a weight thing or another physical thing, it's, it's always, it's always something and and we're so not alone. Like we were saying before, I think just outing these things and sharing them and talking about them 
and that's why I ask is really helpful. You know, it's it's definitely helpful for me. And like you said, people don't really notice how you look all that much. They really that's notice so how you make them feel. Yes. And that's something that I'm really learning right now as my body's changed a lot in the last couple of years and um, in, you know, ways that were healthy for me but has been really, really hard and like really, really trippy for me. And I was having a conversation with a friend and she was just like, honestly, like I just don't, I know it's been really hard for you, but like I just don't really see it when I look at you. I just, it, you've been the same all along, you know, and it's it's been me all, all along at all the different, you know, sizes and weights. So I think that's really the important thing to remember is that while you may be, only see the vein, someone else just sees Jesse or me or whatever. And so I think that that's, that's really important and, and really great. And then also I think style is a great way to express yourself and to Absolutely. Make, you, make yourself feel really great regardless of body. And I know that like oh, yeah. when I was um, like the in my eating disorder and the thinnest I'd ever been, I – the way that I dressed then was like, I didn't feel like I needed to focus on style because I was just like, this sounds bad, but I was just like, well, I'm the size of a, like anything will look good on me because I'm the size that the media has made to be Mm -hmm. beautiful, which it's, it's not the only beautiful size. It's Mm -hmm. just this one that like our society's decided to make put so much pressure on and it's the one that's most difficult to attain and that's why people become so into it and it's it's rare and that that again is why and so then as my body changed I had to really figure out how to dress this body and it took a bit more thought and a bit more effort and it wasn't necessarily a bad thing but it's definitely something that you know is different and I think that talking about this and getting into style regardless of of what your body is is really important because the whole point of why those clients reached out to you and and all the people who work with you the whole reason I think probably why they and you can speak to this why they reach out is because they want to feel good and they want to feel good in their bodies and you help them to do that and I think style is really crucial for that and that's so, so well put. And I love, love, love the idea that how you make someone feel is going to last so much longer than just, you know, how, how you look or how, how someone perceives you to look. And I would love to think that that's why clients have come to me in the past, because that is truly my, my biggest and most heartfelt goal is to help women feel like the best possible version of themselves. I speak to women a lot about confidence Mm -hmm. and what that looks like in their own lives. I think it can be a bit of a buzzword at times. And so I, I try to use it, um, well with respect, I guess, just because I think that, you know, a lot of times we hear, um, or we're told that, um, we're supposed to just be confident and, you know, the best accessory is confidence and all this stuff, which sure that, that could be true in a lot of ways. I I say it facetiously only because, um, I just feel like I, I hear it and see it so much. Um, and it's not a bad thing, but I think that it's, there's more to confidence than just saying like, you know, own your outfit and strut outside, like nothing else is stopping you. And and there's more to it than that. I think it, it 
so, so um, important to look at exactly what makes you feel like the best version of yourself. And then to really, you know, use confidence almost like a tool um, in order to help you achieve the great things that you know you're meant to do. And so confidence, I think, is very closely tied to or can be very closely tied to how you look or how you dress yourself. But I think it's just so much more than that. And um, I like to say that the best way to to have confidence or to feel confidence is by embracing your truth. And so in our sessions, we do these like truth seeking um, exercises where it's really all about figuring out, okay, what what's true for Katie? What's true for Jesse? Is it, is it feeling physically a certain way? Is it feeling emotionally a certain way? Is it having a home that feels a certain way, a career that feels a certain way, all these different things. And if, and if we can figure out what your truths are and rewrite the ones that feel sucky, like the ones that say your legs are ugly because they have veins all over them, that, that actually is kind of a truth for me. And so I have to rewrite that constantly and either replace it with something or reframe it so that my confidence can be placed in that new truth instead of, um, something that's just this like ambiguous, um, emotion or thing that I'm supposed to just like snatch out of thin air in order to be able to go out and live my life or wear cute outfits or any of the other things that we feel like we're supposed to use it for. (laughs) That just helped me so much. You're so good. Really? Yeah. Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah, I really liked what you said there. And I kind of want to pick up on that and and talk about that just a little bit more. So when you have a thought like that, like a a negative thought, that's really a negative belief. You know, I think that beliefs are just thoughts we think a bunch of times. So when you have that negative belief of like, oh, I can't be confident because, you know, my body Mm -hmm. image or whatever, whatever. Is that something that you work with your clients to really, how do you rewrite that? Can you give us a little bit more information on that? Yeah. So there's a couple of different exercises that we do. One of the biggest, um, one of the biggest ones is to look at, look really carefully at the negative beliefs and we, we try to unpack them so that if it is something, I mean, I, I'll, I keep using examples of my own cause I always try not to, you know, <laughs> dip into the privacy element of mm-hmm. what my sessions are like. But, um, if you can dig into the negative beliefs and figure out when they started, what keeps them around and what you're doing to allow them to be consistent, I think that's, that's a big one. Um, and then I do another exercise. That's really a deep dive where we talk about your strengths and your stresses. So the first thing we do is talking about what is stressing you out. And it's like pretty much a brain dump. You can do this at home if you're listening and this sounds interesting Then, you know, feel free to call me if you want like the next steps, because it's, it can be just so cathartic and helpful to do this. Like initial piece of it is to just jot down on a piece of paper, everything that's stressing you out. Um, and we kind of go line by line in our sessions. And then, um, after we've talked about your stresses, we talk about your strengths. And one of the things that is so beautiful and sometimes even hard to imagine, but it just turns out this way every time is that so many of the strengths that people identify in themselves contradict Mm. their stresses or complement what they need to overcome the things that are stressing them out. And so we, we basically 
cross things out and connect the line. You know, we have, there's a lot, it's a lot of, um, it's like a lot of mapping. We're, we're drawing lines, we're circling, we're crossing things out. We're doing it together. And, and through taking a really, really close look at all of these things, I think that we, it's almost like pulling back the curtain on these negative beliefs. If there's like a, a evil puppeteer behind there, that's like kind of managing everything from a bunch of strings up above, you don't know that all you see is the little, um, like Pinocchio puppet, you know, mm-hmm. what are those things called the marionettes? Yeah. You know, yeah. on the stage, that's all we see. And that's the stage of our mind. Um, and, and, and it's hard to, to understand that we're not always in control of every single solitary thing that flashes across the stage of our mind. Sometimes there's an ego involved. Sometimes there's hurtful words from the outside that are involved. But so if we can pull back the curtain and see what's controlling those thoughts, uh, I think it's the healthiest and most effective and most longstanding way to get them in control uh, so that we can, so that we can move on and pursue um, the most flavorful life possible. Yeah. Yeah. And the greatness that we're, that we're created for, for sure. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Dude, I completely relate to what you were saying about letting it out. I mean, I wrote a book about journaling and it's called Let It Out, A Journey Through Journaling. Available now when people are listening to this. Wait, yeah, I need to get my hands on one of these. Yeah. I, 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 I'm really excited about this. Yeah. I love this journal. And so I think that that's really important. And my to the titles let it out and it's 55 short journal and they're not all short. I keep saying short, but 55 journaling prompts. Um, Amazing. But but yeah, I mean I think that concept of just letting it out whether it's on the page or working with a coach or with a really great safe friend is so and crucial and important especially because, you know, there's this great quote from Brené Brown where she says shame dissipates when things are shared. You know, like shame cannot mm. exist when things are shared. I'm yeah. like really paraphrasing that, but that's the gist no, that's, of it. And it's the truth. I mean, no matter what, how you say it, it's she yeah. is brilliant and it's she's so right. Yeah, yeah, and it's so true. And I think journaling is the first step of that of, you know, we have 60,000 thoughts a day. So getting those out of your head onto paper and then you can sort through them and decide which ones are true, which ones you want to listen to, which ones are just old beliefs holding you back. And it really helps you, like you said, map that out, which is fantastic. Love it. So now I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about relationships. So you host this amazing podcast with your husband. Um, what's the name of it? I love that. It's name so called much. Marriage is Funny. It's the best name ever. <laughs> because it's it is. So funny. And it's like something that I would, I would name a podcast. Like I just, Yay. I just love the name so much. Um, <laughs> so you. what has that been like? How did you guys come up with that idea? Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So my husband and I started this podcast as a total joke. Literally, like not like, oh, we're gonna have this funny show together, but we actually started it as a joke. We both are huge, huge podcast junkies. We both listen to, gosh, I mean, now my like list is probably in close to maybe over two dozen now. What are some Uh, of your faves? Oh my gosh. Well, obviously wellness wonderland. (laughs) Um, but a man, I like everything. I mean, I'm listening to Limetown right now, which is like a scary mystery. Um, it's kind of like, if you like cereal, you'll love Limetown. Um, it's a fictional, like actually you'll love it too, because, um, the main character is a journalist who's like trying to figure out this mystery that happened. Anyways, I don't want to give it away. So just listen, if you like it, if you like cereal, stuff like that, kind of more like an audiobook style. Um, those are fun. 
Yeah. I love, um, a lot of shows from WNYC. I love the longest, shortest time, which is totally a parenting podcast. I am not a parent, nor will I probably ever be a parent, but I, for some reason, I love that show so much. Um, I love, um, the Rob cast by, Oh my gosh. He's Do you love the Rob? Oh yes. my God. I'm obsessed. Wait, with yeah. That. He's from Michigan too. Yeah. I just, I actually realized that it was so weird, Jesse. So I was listening really? to the Rob cast. I was yeah, listening to one great. of his, I was listening to one of his shows, just like a random one, like this summer or something. And I don't know if you heard this one, but he was talking about like the lesson was about hometowns. It yes, was just, the geographic uh, residents. Yeah, and he was talking oh about that, yeah. and he mentions he's like he's like telling a story about his life. And I was like, all right, I was like, oh, kind of bored. Not yeah. he's amazing, but I was just like the beginning. I was like, what's the, what? Come on, Rob, like what's this yeah. about? And he mentions he's like, well, when I was young, I used to go to this mall, and yeah. I was like, oh, that's funny. The mall he used to go to is the name of the mall in my hometown. That's funny, small world. Yeah, small world and then right. he like goes on, and I was like, wait, we live in the what? Like it's that's so crazy. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, so funny. Totally is a Michigan guy. So yeah, the Robcast is awesome. I've actually gotten um, to spend some weekends. Um, he does these events and I had been invited to a few of them and love going and learning from him more in like a really creative workshoppy talk about journaling. I mean, you would love this. Um, and so I've gotten to know him better through that. And the Robcast is, is incredible to me because he is exactly the way, like the way that he is in real life is just the way he is on the show. And the way he is on the show is just the way he is in real life. And oh, I love it so when good. you can say that about people. Yeah. Um, what else? I just, I'm just trying to think of like some new ones. I mean, I love, I have a lot of friends with podcasts. Um, the lively show I love. That's how I found I, you. Was through Jess? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just got off the phone with her right before I hopped on with you. Oh my gosh. That's so yeah. funny. She's We're, very cool. She's awesome. She's my work wife. We call each other for a lot of stuff. And, um, yeah, so she's awesome. I'm trying to think. Those are like the only ones that are coming to mind, well, but that's... I'm telling, oh, being boss, which oh, I yeah. think is how I heard about you. Yeah. I love, I love them too. Yes. They're amazing. Yeah. So anyway, the list is long, but we, we decided to start a podcast because we'd have these conversations with each other and we would, uh, kind of wax poetic because we were either having like a disagreement, even if it was just like something dumb, like what color to paint, you know, a piece of furniture or something. Not that that's dumb, but like in the scheme of things, it didn't mm-hmm. feel like it was the most important thing to be arguing about. And putting we, up a chandelier, <laughs> putting up a freaking chandelier. You got it, girl. Okay. So, <laughs> so we almost got divorced our like first week of marriage by putting up a chandelier. Um, <laughs> the story is in episode one, I think, but, um, yeah, so, so we would have these conversations and we would really wish that we had someone to like mediate for us. And we used to have these really, um, close friends that live nearby a bunch of really close married friends, um, when we lived back in the Midwest and we, last year when we started the show, we were in New York and we just didn't really feel like we had the same type of community that we once had. We still had wonderful friends, but we just didn't have as many like really, really close married couples that we could fight, fight in front of. Um, and not that we fight a lot. It's just, I don't know. You need people. It's just like the same way with girlfriends, um, or guy friends. Like you, you, your friendships are important, but I feel like, you know, you're taking it to the next level when you feel comfortable enough to like, yeah, let, dissension happen. Right. And it's not like going to ruin a friendship, a good friendship if you fight every once in a while. So 
we experienced that and said, we should just record one of these conversations where we're like kind of duking it out and just send it to like our close friends. And I said, heck, if we're, if we're going through the trouble of doing all that, why don't we just turn it into a podcast? And so we were kind of both like, ha, yeah, great idea. And so we, we just, LOL, <laughs> LOL, slowly decided to keep figuring out what that would look like. And then, um, after several months of, of thinking about it and kind of talking about it, we, we launched in May of 2015 and, oh my gosh, we just have seen like our worlds turned upside down mm. since then, just opportunities and a cross country tour and a community that like blows us away every day, uh, literally every day. I cannot get over how much, um, our listeners have meant to us both just like in solidarity of letting us know we're not the only ones that fight over stupid chandeliers and like <laughs> stuff like leaving your socks all over the house. But I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's heartfelt and, um, Super and real. poignant topics too, that people write to us and, and want to know about and, and, and ask about and allow us to minister to them. And, and, and we're working on some really fun things that relates to that as well. Potentially a video component that's a little bit further down the line, but even sooner than that, um, we're hoping to, to be able to, um, work with couples two on two basically. And then we also have a retreat in the works, which is going to be the, like the non non marriagey marriage retreat that, um, we've always longed for and that we've never been able to find. It's going to be like, basically just drinking wine and hanging out and not a lot of like dorky exercises or like couples therapy, but a lot of just heart to heart conversations and openness and community community. That's what it's all about for us. So we're excited. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Everyone listening has to check out the podcast. I I'm not married or even in a relationship, but maybe I will be by the time. So many, so many of our listeners have said, I am not married, but I I loved it. It was, and it was so cool. And I'm learning a lot about the type of relationship and the type of communication style I want to have Uh, going into the next relationship. And so I have full body goosebumps hearing you say that because I just, I think communication is so key, but again, it's, it's, it's overwhelming and there's so much to it, but when I hear about people like you who are identifying what they're looking for and what they're striving for, mostly probably because if you've heard anything on our show, you'll want to do the opposite. <laughs> Just as we have, we try to learn from our mistakes a lot. So if it's inspiring you, I'm thankful that it's probably going to prevent you from, from like any of the missteps that we've experienced. But I probably lo- not, but it'll help me like get through them with as much ease and like poise I mean, as you guys do. <laughs> here's what we say is that like, you know, we're, we're figuring it out as we go along. And yeah. if it helps someone else know that they're not the only ones figuring it out as they go along, um, then, then that's the point. And that, that makes yeah. us happy. So we love hearing that. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's the theme that we've been talking about this whole call with vulnerability and community and sharing the real things and the struggles in life, because that's what makes us feel like human beings and like we're not alone and and I think that at the end of the day that that's what I want and I think that's what everybody wants Mm -hmm. that's so good so you guys you and your husband have we've mentioned this throughout the talk you guys have moved a lot so what advice do you have for moving and finding community and building community wherever you go and just feeling comfortable um Mm -hmm. in your homes as as you've been moving could you give any advice there Yeah. You know, it's funny because, um, I love 
I love experiencing new places as a local. So like, even when we travel, we try to do, we try to do like the least touristy things possible. I mean, with some exceptions, obviously, but, um, moving to me, I almost try to like pretend is just an extended version of travel. I know that probably sounds really weird, no, uh, but cool. I've, I've always looked at it that way. And we've done some extended stays. Like we've, we've been places that we've stuck around for, you know, anywhere from two weeks to, to two months, um, at a time. And I love those opportunities, but it does definitely make for an interesting, uh, situation as it relates to community. And, that's been something that I'm just continually learning more about. I think it's interesting that you brought up that episode of Rob's, the the one about um, hometowns. Mm. And something that I do like to talk about occasionally is geographic resonance. And that's a completely 100% made up term. I have no idea if it's true or not, but I have this theory that just like people have personalities that cities and places and towns and even neighborhoods have personalities. And I think that just like you can find your soulmate in another person, whether it's a romantic soulmate or a friendship soulmate, or even like a soulmate within your family, I think that you can do the same with places that you visit and places that you live. Um, and I think you can have multiples too, but I, I just have experienced many different places, um, from living in them and have had varying challenges with community in each one. Right. And, and certainly like there've been places where I feel like it's been richer than others. Uh, but since we recently moved to this new neighborhood in this new city, in this new state, um, I feel more ridiculously comfortable and at home and like embraced by the people here and the community that I, I realized that we have found our geographic soulmate. Like Mm. this is it for us. We, we stayed in long beach for two months, uh, a few winters ago because we were so freaking sick of New York in the cold. Um, and I loved it then and knew that there was something special about this place then and had not been able to really stop thinking about it. And then when Gerard got this job offer in LA over the summer, um, we realized that we could live in Long Beach and he could commute to downtown LA. And until we got here, I did not even realize what an incredibly massive blessing that would be. And I just, I, it's funny because we recorded an episode before we moved, uh, where Gerard asks, asks me the same thing because he is a little bit more introverted or not. It's not even necessarily about introvert extrovert, but he's a little bit slower to warm up um, in just like a brand new random person situation. If, if he's being introduced to someone, he's great. He's so warm and fun and wonderful, but like I'll walk into the post office and leave feeling like I'm, you know, besties with my mail carrier, just because I love talking to people. I love, love hearing people's stories. I love connecting on like a deep level, uh, with new people all the time. And so moving around and making new friends hasn't always been, that big of a challenge for me. But so Gerard asks me, I think it's episode 19, actually, uh, towards the end of our first season where he says, like, can you help me feel more comfortable with making new friends? Cause it's not my strong suit. And it's funny because I think I jokingly said like one of my favorite ways to walk up and make a friend with somebody is to pick out something about them Compliment. that 
Yeah, and to compliment yeah, them. Yeah, it's just that's my it's go-to. easy. And you Maybe hate- that's more of a girl thing. Well, it's funny because that was the joke in the show is he was like, you walking up to someone and being like, I love your haircut is a little bit different than me walking up to a dude and saying, hey, man, nice jeans. Your butt looks great. Yeah. And like walking off. And I was like, yeah, probably. But it's just so funny because I think it's maybe there are definitely some differences as it relates to gender, but uh, just in terms of the approach. Um, and then, of course, like me walking up to a guy and complimenting his jeans would be a little different than me walking yeah. up to a girl. But anyways, I, I think that that's a great conversation starter. And the one tricky thing is like you definitely don't want to then always make every conversation about what we're wearing or how you yeah. look or, you know, the the more vain kind of components of ourselves. But um, which, by the way, I'm, I am. I use the word vain like lovingly. I'm like uh uh, what's the word? An unapologetic <laughs> vain person. Like yeah. I am vain and I am okay with it. So, um, but I don't want all of my conversations to start that way or be about that. And so a lot of times I'll try to pick out something that I can observe from just watching them. So like if they have a tote bag from Whole Foods and I'm in a new city and I don't know where the Whole Foods is yet, it's really easy to be like, hi, I know this is a funny, this might sound funny, but could you tell me where the nearest Soul Foods is? I just moved to the area. And especially when you're, when you are new somewhere or if you are visiting, you'd be so amazed at how quickly people want to help and want yeah. to provide, uh, references or, or, you know, welcome notes or suggestions about their area, especially if they love it too. And, um, so I just think that's one of the things that I love most about traveling and, and moving is just sort of expanding, uh, my community of friends and expanding, um, you know, the long list of people that I love that I've met throughout the course of my life. Cool. That's so cool. Thank you so much for sharing about that. Sure. I love that. So now I want to ask you my signature question. So this is like my favorite question <laughs> to ask everyone when they come on the show, because I feel like it really gives me a picture into their inside life a little bit. So what do your morning routines look like? Maybe you can mm-hmm. share like the first few things you do when you wake up in the morning and how that affects how the rest of your day goes. Sure. Well, lately, the first thing I do is shove Gerard out of bed and tell him to please turn on the space heater. So <laughs> the room is warm. It's funny. We just moved into this old, old, old beach bungalow and it so is so cool. old that it had a furnace at one point, but the furnace no longer works. So we have no heat, which we live in Southern California, so you don't think it's going to be a big deal, but I mean, it's, it gets down to like 40 degrees overnight. And so in the middle of the night we wake up and we're freezing cold. So in the morning right now, I'm currently focused on figuring out how to warm up involves a space heater. It involves, um, the first thing that I do is drink, um, my like little flight of beverages in the morning. I have a lot of different things. I drink, um, like a powdered greens, um, in warm water with lemon. And so I drink that first and that usually helps warm me up. And then I have my rocket fuel latte. So I have my coffee that I blend up with collagen and MCT oil and cinnamon and some, um, plant-based sweetener. And then I, um, usually while I'm drinking that I sit down and I do my quiet time and my quiet time is different every day. I usually just base it off of whatever I feel like doing, but the one mainstay is that, um, I follow just like any various little, um, 
devotional plan, depending on the season that I'm in, that has me reading through scriptures in the Bible, and then usually something that um, another spiritual leader has written about that scripture. So I do that first, and then I either journal or I sometimes read from, um, usually it's a, a spiritually focused book that I'm working through at the time, or I, um, will listen to music and color, which <laughs> I'm so happy that finally people are excited about mainstream coloring as adults. It's no. like, <laughs> I'm obsessed with coloring. I also love doing hand lettering. So like if there's a quote oh, or cool. a verse or a line in a song, or even just like a random, um, phrase that, you know, my mom said the day before or something like I'll, mm. I'll hand letter it. And then sometimes I, I even love to then Instagram it and give it away. So I don't have like this stack of random sheets that are <laughs> cluttering up my, my kitchen or my little dining nook where I usually do it, but I I'll just take a quick picture and, and let people comment and then I'll pick a person and, and send it off to them just because I feel like it's a fun way for me to create, but not have any sort of um, expectation that like, Oh, this needs to be a beautiful piece of art so that it yeah, can or build business around it. Yeah, no, no, no. It's just specifically really fun for me. And it, I think, um, it's nice because like a lot of people have a meditation practice. Meditation is not really something that's ever worked for me very well. I love, I love forms of meditation. Like I love yoga as a form of meditation. I love coloring as a form of meditation, running, honestly, for me can be a form of meditation, even singing sometimes. Like I sing a lot when I run the house by myself, which is so random, but, um, yeah. So I usually have some sort of focused practice like that. And then around like eight 30 or nine, I get to work. Um, and then I don't, I don't work out in the mornings. Usually I like to let my body wake up gently. And so unless I have like a really full day and that's the only chance that I'll get, that's the exception I'll make. But otherwise I save that till like usually midday is my favorite time to work out. So yeah, pretty, pretty easy. Um, and it changes if I've got appointments and calls and my schedule is different every day, but generally, um, I like to wake up, uh, you know, have a few minutes with my husband, do my little morning practice, have my drinks and, um, then get started from there. That sounds great. What about in the evenings? How do you relax? How do you spend the, maybe the last few things you do before you go to bed? Before I go to bed. So the very last thing I do is I love to read before I go to bed. So even if it's super late, um, and I'm like, it's, it's one of those things where I almost like when it gets past a certain point of lateness, because even though I know I'm supposed to be getting my sleep, I still am like, well, if it's, if, if it's 1130, like, it's not going to kill me if I stay up and read until 12. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas if I'm like going to bed at like 930 or 10, which really never happens, um, then I'm like, well, I probably should just go to bed. Otherwise, if I read, I'm going to read until midnight. So anyways, I love to read right before I go to bed, usually fiction or a memoir. Um, and then right before that, I have my magnesium calm, which is so random, but I, um, I drink like a magnesium supplement. I, that- I drink that stuff too. I Do love, you know- ever make it warm? Yeah. Oh yeah. Only warm. Actually, I noticed that actually bothers my stomach if I don't do it warm. Like if I drink it cold, it really does not sit well with me. Yeah. But it's like my favorite thing. Um, so I have that warm before I usually like before or like while I'm reading in bed. Um, and you know, before that I kiss my husband, we usually watch some news together. He goes to bed earlier because he wakes up way earlier. Um, but that's pretty much it. Oh, actually one funny thing. <laughs> I don't think I've ever told anyone this before because no one ever asks about nighttime routines. I'm I, 
Yeah. Okay. So I'm like a big, I'm really into food, um, but I have a handful of different health situations that cause me to be pretty careful about what I eat. So, um, one of my favorite things in the world is an ice cream cone and a cake cone, but I can't have traditional ice cream. Um, and I choose not to have a lot of the different, like there's a lot of dairy alternative ice creams out there, but a lot of them have a ton of sugar and I don't do sugar, any sugar at all. So, um, I make my own, <laughs> but I don't even use an ice cream maker because that's too much work. I have one. I used it like once, but whatever. That's one of those appliances that I feel like everyone purchases or is gifted with the best of intentions, but just usually doesn't pan out for everybody. Um, so I make my own right before we sit down for dinner. I whip up in a bowl. I put frozen blueberries, a couple spoonful, like big spoonfuls of pumpkin puree from a can. Um, or like actually by like the box, it's like just mm-hmm. in, yeah, a, I know what you in mean. a box. Mm-hmm. So pumpkin puree, um, a little bit of sugar-free maple syrup, cinnamon, pepitas, which are just pumpkin seeds basically. Yeah. And then my sugar-free chocolate chips and, and cocoa powder. And I stir it all up and I stick it in the freezer. And then like right when we finish eating, I stir it once more. And then usually like 30 to 45 minutes later, it's like the perfect ice cream consistency. And I spoon that into an ice cream cone and I enjoy it literally at least like five or six nights a week. It's like my my gosh, I'm going to make that like right after this. I have those exact chocolate chips, the Lily's brand. Lily's. Wait, can I, can we quickly please just talk about how amazing Lily's is, but how hard it is to find. I've started ordering it on Amazon by like, you know how you can order wholesale stuff on Amazon? I order eight bags at a time. Oh my gosh. You just need to come here. They have it at my Whole Foods and it's like right in my house. Oh, see, they don't carry it at our Whole Foods. So I've started just ordering it and that way it just lasts me forever. Like I ration it because it's <laughs> they're so good. And then I buy the bars too. The, um, the oh Christmas- yeah. Yeah. I had one of those um, the other day. Bars are so good. So funny. Yeah, that's so funny. I have all of those ingredients like on hand, so I should just make that. Yeah, Instagram it and tell me how you like it. Oh my gosh, I will. That's amazing. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, really cool thing to share. So, okay, a couple more quick fire questions um, before I finally let you go. Okay. So what are you afraid of in your life but you're doing anyways? How are you challenging yourself? Oh, wow. What am I afraid of? So... You know, I get asked about business a lot and I include business guidance as a part of my like main offerings. And one of the like little things that usually comes up a lot and one of the tidbits of advice I offer a lot is not to over diversify. Cause I think I over diversified my different business models and offerings very quickly, very early on, and then was quickly exhausted by it. And so that's just one thing I've learned, but how that relates to a fear of mine is that as I'm getting ready to shelve a few of the things that I've done for the past few years and look forward to bringing in some new, uh, products and new offerings, I think, I have a lot of fear as it relates to the newness there. Um, specifically, I've never done anything product based. Like everything I've ever done 
for business is uh, related to either consulting or on-air talent or something that's more service-oriented. Um, actually, I did have a vintage online clothing store for like a hot second, but I, I don't... I wish you had that now. <laughs> well, it's funny because it didn't go that well. Vintage, vintage clothing is a really tough market to like do well, I think, but, um, it was fun while it lasted. Maybe, maybe another day someday soon. But, um, so I'm I think excited about your dresses. Oh my gosh. I'm so freaking nervous. I, and that's, I have a lot of fear as it relates to that. Cause it's, there's a lot of upfront investment. And then like, I, I don't know why I just feel like it's harder. Like if I start it and it doesn't go well, I'll be more mad than like, if I, mm have a new blog series that doesn't go well. It's right. not a big deal. Just don't do it anymore. Do you know what I mean? But right. then it, you have it's more like skin in the game. Totally. So that's, that's one thing that's making me quake in my boots. Well, at the there's moment. nothing to worry about because I'm going to single-handedly keep you in business because you have <laughs> the best style and I want oh all of those dresses. They oh, sound like oh my so cute. <laughs> I can't wait. I'll send you a sneak peek as soon as I have. <gasps> oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm honored. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, these quick fires are actually quick. So okay. what's your favorite color? Uh, teal, like deep ocean bluish green. Cool. Favorite day of the week? Thursday. <laughs> favorite hour of the day? Wait, can I just tell you why I said Thursday? Because yeah. I want to answer. My, my favorite day growing up always used to be Thursday because I felt like Fridays got like the best day of the week status and I always yeah, it's like bad for Thursday. Yeah. So I always felt like I picked Thursday because then I was at least excited for Friday and I didn't have to be like obsessed with Friday like everyone else. Just a weird little insight into my brain. But I think as an adult, my favorite day of the week is probably Saturday because I get to spend it with Gerard. I know that's lame, but it's true. No, that's great. I My favorite day is Thursday because of that like anticipation yeah the weekend. weekend okay yeah good. it's like I like Christmas Eve better than Christmas oh my gosh me too Christmas kind of sucks because at the end yeah. of Christmas like it's December 26th you uh, know on Christmas day I get the Sunday night blues like yeah like, it's like oh, dumb oh, yeah oh. Christmas Eve is so <laughs> much more fun yep that's yeah true. I love and it. that's how okay. I feel like Thursdays are okay um good. all right where were we favorite hour of the day <laughs> Um, as much as I love the golden hour and as much as I hate getting out of a warm bed, I, I love the mornings, like the crisp, uh, six or seven o'clock, depending on the time of year. Obviously I like it when the sun is like just coming up. Yeah. Same. I think maybe it's kind of my, our same logic with Thursdays of how it's like anticipation. You don't know what the day is going to be like. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorite, um, verses from the Bible is his mercies are new every morning. And I just love that, like, it's a blank slate and that God's mercies are new every morning. And, uh, you know, whether you believe in the universe or nothing at all, I feel like everyone can relate to the fact that a new morning um, holds a whole lot of promise. Yeah, yeah. I, I have this little journal where, kind of similar to you, I write down quotes that I hear that I like from mm-hmm. podcasts or people or, yeah. you know, that I read. And one of them, it's this Jimi Hendrix quote, and I'm going to butcher it. I think it's a lyric from a song, but I heard someone say it in a podcast the other day, and I wrote it down. And it's basically like, um, I'm awake 
when I can smile, you know, and it's oh, just like so yeah. simple like that. Like that is so good. I know? love that. And I it's love just, that. you know, I'm awake. There's a new day. It's, it's a new day. So that's I think, great. yeah, yeah. That's like not the quote at all, but that is the gist of it. I'll look it. up the quote and I'm put it in the you. show notes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your favorite, um, like the best meal you've eaten recently, like in the last week? The best what? Meal. Oh, meal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be okay. So let's see. Is it so horrible to say something that I made? No, go for it. <laughs> That's like really embarrassing. I mean, that I- ice cream sounds amazing. It could just be that. <laughs> you know what? Last night's dinner turned out really well. We, I love to cook, and my husband is really not picky. So I'm always like trying new things. Um, last night I made, um, Smoky grilled eggplant with like a tahini, a spicy tahini sauce and a side of, I did, um, uh, roasted cauliflower with fennel. And then what was the third thing we had? Um, Oh, garlicky green beans. That's like my specialty. Garlicky. Oh my gosh. I wish I would yeah. have come over for dinner. You can totally come. like all my come. favorite things. Oh, I love all those things. I, I'm pretty much mostly whole foods plant-based. So um, I do eat a lot of um, um, ancient grains also. And then I do eat some cheese. So um, some exceptions, but last night involved a lot of my favorite things and it turned out pretty well. It was a total accident, but it worked. Tahini is my jam and I Tahini love it. Tahini is the best. Yeah. I have, oh. um, a, I have a roasted cauliflower in the oven right now for after That's what talk. I had for lunch. I had the other half of the head of cauliflower That's for so lunch. That's so funny. Today. That's so funny. So and good. then I was just on Snapchat earlier and I saw someone making like one of my favorite people making roasted eggplant with tahini sauce and so it's like oh, haunting cool. me that I need to make that so good we need to follow each other on snapchat I need yes to yeah for sure um so okay couple more questions if you could have a superhero power for a day what would it be um I just have always thought it'd be really fun to be able to fly yeah <laughs> classic that would be it. yeah easy yeah um Okay, you do so many things, wear so many hats like we've spoken about. What is one practical action that you do to stay organized and stay productive during the day, during the workday as an entrepreneur? So, hmm, I would say as much as possible to use a system for um, getting through both my email inbox and my to-do lists. So most of it is just stuff I've self-imposed basically. Like I only check my email once a day and unless I'm like looking for something or need something, you know, like if I'm waiting on somebody for something, I'll pop in there, but I won't like open any emails unless I'm seeing exactly what I need. Um, so that's, that's a huge one. So only checking my email once a day. Um, and then that in turn has kind of set a precedent for people to not necessarily, expect to be able to get a response at all times of day, anytime that they want. Um, but then the other one is just creating a system that works for me as it relates to a to-do list. I, uh, can be pretty scatterbrained when I'm going about my day-to-day stuff. Like I'm constantly having new thoughts and ideas and hearing something I'm excited about or seeing something I want to share. And so I've learned that if I don't jot it down right that second, it's going to keep like pinging around in my brain, like, like a, yeah, like a pinball machine. So if I can just like take the little pinball, 
set it down, write, write it on my piece of paper next to me. I keep a notebook, a big spiral bound, but like big notebook next to me at all times. And I'll jot it down. And then at the end of the day, I'll look and see like, what of it I can crank out before I close down for the night. And usually there's like a bunch of little stupid stuff that I've been procrastinating, but then the stuff that I know is important that needs to be done soon. I put it in an app called, um, Todoist. Oh yeah. I love that. Yeah. So that's the to-do app that I like the most and I schedule it for the next day. So then when I wake up the next day, I check my to-doist first, uh, because I know that I've already kind of like pre-planned out exactly what's going to be most productive. Yeah. That's so good. That's so helpful. Okay. So lastly, um, can you recommend to everybody a movie that you're loving, a book that you're loving and a song that you're loving? Um, and any category can be like your favorite from now or like just that you're into currently or, you know, of all time or whatever you want to do. Is it, you want one of each or just one from any of those? One of each, please. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So book right now I'm reading an old book, but it's, um, well, actually I don't even know how old, well. I could look. I have it right here next to me. I'm reading A Tree Grows in Book in Brooklyn. Oh, I've heard of that, but I don't know it. I've never read it. Is I'm it Yeah, it's really great, um, especially if you have ever been to or lived in New York. Hang on. I'm looking to see. Um, first published in 1943. So wow. it's pretty old. Yeah, it's pretty old. But anyways, it's about like early, early, early uh, Brooklyn. And I just like it because it's a good story. Story. It's a story of family and a girl growing up there. And I don't know. I like things that like pull me out of um, vintage. Yeah, it's vintage. That's great. I was going to say per- pull me out of the current time. And that that's, that'll do that's it. Totally works. That'll do it. <laughs> so that's what I'm reading. Um, listening to, gosh, do you know who I'm loving right now? Um, I'm not sure how to say her last name. But it's Laura, I think it's Mavula. It's you spell it M V U L A. What is she saying? I don't even I can't even tell you like any of the names of her songs, but it's like I'm gonna look her up like totally I think she's pretty independent. Like I, I don't know if she's with a label or anything. I found her through um I love Janelle Monet and I was listening to Janelle Monet Spotify a lot and I found her through that. And so I started just like clicking through. You know how you can get into like the little Spotify rabbit hole where you just keep um, clicking and clicking. Trust me, I yeah. know. <laughs> so that's how I found her. And it's like such a pop not poppy, but like upbeat. Cool. Wait, spell like, her last name again? Laura Vuvula. M V U L A. Okay, I'm gonna look her yeah, up after that. Very like upbeat but jazzy. Cool. And I think I just sounded like my dad describing <laughs> that, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm listening to her on repeat. I also, um, am a big, big John Legend fan. John Legend is like who I put on when I want to cook, when I want to. Oh my gosh. My mom loves him. Really? I yeah. love him so much. He's we- I was in New York, and you know, you might know this. Good Morning America, the Today Show does it too, but this was for Good Morning America. They have like those concert series in New York in the summer. 
And it's like such a Please, touristy girl. thing, but it was like the Don't only thing that my mom wanted to do while we were there was to go to one of those um shot those things and it was John Legend and like Shut no up. one was there. It was so what? weird. It was not like the ones on the Today show. Like we were like right up front, like oh. no one was there. Oh. It was like a beautiful day I am too. So jealous. Yeah. I am- Oh, jealous. Oh, yeah. my God. That's amazing. He was, he was really cool. My mom's, like, really into celebrities and stuff. And so <laughs> his his wife, I guess, is, like, some model, and she's pregnant, and she's on this cool, like, cooking show. You should totally be a host on it, Jesse. You would be so Wait, good. what is it called? It's kind of like The Chew, but it's called Fab Life. And Tyra oh, I Banks. I love The Chew. Yeah, it's just like The Chew. There's a stylist guy um, who's, like, super cute. And then there's um, Tyra Banks is one of the hosts. And oh, then, is that the one? I think Joe Z is on that. Yeah, yeah I think he's the fashion expert. Yeah, yeah, that must be him. And then, um, and then there's this girl who I guess is John Legend's wife, and she oh yeah, like, Chrissy Teigen. Yeah. yeah, and yes, she's so yes. cute. And like Giada was on. She wasn't. She's not a host. But she was like a guest. And okay. my mom, when I was home for Thanksgiving, she's like, "You have to watch the show. I saved it on the DVR." Like, oh my gosh, I want to watch it. Yeah, I, mean, I think you would love it. You would be a great host. On oh, we should have so one of those shows. And I would love I'll to have hosts. a show. If you can come co-host it with me. That would be amazing. That would be all of our 11-year-old dreams coming yes! true in, like, the best uh. way possible. <laughs> oh That's gosh. amazing. Okay, recommend a movie really quick, and then I'll ask you the final question, finally let you go. <laughs> okay, so movie, dang, let me, this is so embarrassing. I'm the worst in remembering movies, but we just watched this one, Um I'm terrible at remembering movies too. Wait, it's is it called when is it when we were young? It's Ben Stiller and Oh yeah. And is it um, while we were young? I saw that too. I just saw it too. It's so good. Um It was pretty good. And we Adam Driver's in it, the guy and girls. Yes. I love. Yeah. Yes. yeah he did and a great the job. girl from Mean Karen from Mean Girls is yes. in it. Yes. Yeah, that movie was good. It was I love that. We just we don't we don't go to a lot of movies in the theater. Um so we we watch a lot on Netflix and Hulu and admittedly I my husband has turned me into a bit of a documentary nerd which is fine obviously cuz those are great too. But um we just also watched um uh Master of None. Wait, did well, I you see should, that? You should watch that. that. No, it, no, it's not a movie. It's a TV show, but it's Oh, a yeah, new... with Aziz Ansari? It's so good, right? I love Mass. Oh, my gosh. I'm a big on... I've, I've met Aziz in, <gasps> in real life a few times just going to... Gerard, my husband used to do... Um, well, he does still sometimes, but he... He was doing some stand-up comedy oh when gosh. we lived in New York, That's which is super so cool. fun. And so we would go to these comedy clubs, and Aziz would just be like hanging out, just like chilling in the back row. Oh my gosh. I'm so starstruck right now. Well, it was amazing. And he's like such a nice guy that when that, and I actually, you know what? I've been meaning to read his book. Yeah. Uh, It's in my, like, it's on my wish list cart on Audible right now, but I have to, I have so many that I've bought that I haven't gotten through. So let me know how you think of it. Cause I, I want to get it. I think it's, it's supposed to be really good and I'm, I'm excited. He's just really funny to me. Yeah. I mean, I think if we're a fan of him, the chances of us liking it are pretty good because I listened to him being interviewed about it and it sounded like really, really on point. 
I'm excited. Maybe I'll ask for that for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. We can have a little book club and read it okay. together. Sounds fun. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. This has been amazing. I am so glad that you were here. So the final question that I ask everyone, as you know, the name of this podcast and the name of my blog is The Wellness Wonderland. So when I offer that term to you, Jesse, to live in a wellness wonderland, what comes up? What does that mean to you? Gosh. Um, you know... Again, I love that it looks different for everybody. So kudos to you for recognizing and being willing to embrace like every iteration of that. I just think that's amazing. I would say for me, a wellness wonderland is when um, my my health goals and my health desires, um, whether it be mental health or physical health or um, emotional health, I think when my health goals align with my current truths is is when I feel like I've hit that wellness wonderland, if that makes sense, or when I feel like I'm thriving in that wellness wonderland. So, um, you know, I have a lot of different, um, things that I experience as it relates to all of those things. So whether it's feeling anxious or feeling physically uncomfortable because of a a condition that I have, or whether it's feeling, um, just kind of, kind of down because I'm, you know, it's a certain time of, of the year or a certain season or whatever, um, I think I'm always really, oh, or month. Yeah. I think I'm always really aware of, um, what optimal is for me just because I have experienced great moments too. And so I strive for those things, but, um, it's not always my current reality, but when I can make my current reality match up with my desires in those areas, um, that's kind of when it feels, um, like just, heaven on earth, I would say in some, Mm. in some sense. Um, and it's different every day. I mean, I definitely struggle with lots of different things and I'm definitely figuring it out as I go. But, uh, I think that even just pursuing the best version of myself and pursuing wellness and pursuing self-care, uh, are so life-giving and so encouraging. And so whether or not I ever am actually experiencing that best version, just even the progress, small, incremental or large and really exciting. I think any progress at all is what feels, uh, like I'm headed in the right direction. Mm. That was so amazing. Thank you so much for that answer and everything else you shared and for spending so much time with me. This has been so much fun and I'm so Grateful to know you and grateful to that everyone listening gets to know you as well. Thank you so much. Likewise, Katie. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end. I'll be back next week. But until then, let's stay inspired and keep this conversation going. So tweet at me at Katie Dalebout and our guest with your aha moments from this conversation. And like the Wellness Wonderland on Facebook. So we can all hang out there and discuss how inspired we are and how we'll apply it in our daily lives. And never miss another episode or post from me by signing up for email updates on thewellnesswonderland.com. See you back in Wonderland.